Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 160 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, my guest is Josh Whiting from Bright Coal Creative out of Augusta, Georgia. During this episode, we talk about how Josh's intro to design was actually through a flyer that he created, pitching music lessons that he wanted to do. During that time, he saw a couple of design opportunities for his freelance business and had a bit of a struggle actually deciding in which direction to go. Once he decided, he launched Bright Coal Creative in 2018 and hasn't looked back. We also talk about a website that he designed where he went in to t- instruct these people on how to update the site and edit the site and that sort of thing. A big meeting, had the, all the staff in there, and uh, he, let's just say he was throwing a bit of a curveball in the meeting, and he tells us how he handled that, and uh, it's an interesting one. We also get into the struggle with self-doubt and worry and how it can just eat away at you. Josh then tells us about a pitch that he gave with only one option. He didn't go in with two or three options. He went in with one option. And it was such a win that it brought tears to his client's eyes. Good tears. Happy tears. He tells us all about that. He also nails the answer to our previous guest's ask it forward question. And I love his answer. My kids are a huge fan of this. And I love the direction he took. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to this one. My guest today, Josh Whiting. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Josh, how are you, sir? Doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So before we dive in, I need to know, are you ready for a quickie? <laughs> like, I knew you were going to ask it, but still, like, <laughs> you, you get me, man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm going to start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself, man. Sure, yeah. Uh, so my name is Josh Whiting. I'm based out of Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I've been an art director at a small digital agency for the better part of the past, I guess, 10 years or so. Nice. Um, and then summer of 2018, launched a company called Bright Cold. It's really just an agency of one that serves churches and student ministries. Right on. So that was summer of 2018. And yep. you'd been with the agency sort of art directing a bit for the last, you know, close to 10 years. Yep. Was that right out of school? Or what were you doing before that role? So actually, I was apprenticing under the head of the agency mm-hmm. throughout kind of the last part of high school and uh, he, I was a subcontractor for him and for the agency through college mm-hmm. um, then took a year off to pretend like I was going to do music as a career <laughs> and then so I guess not directly out of college but pretty soon after college uh, yeah jumped in and started as a graphic designer and kind of worked my way up the ranks of the web deal and uh, learned you could make a lot more money building websites than just making uh the other pieces of art, at least in this area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, got to where I was helping kind of lead lead the charge with a small team to get the jobs done. 
Cool. So that transitioned from the designer to the art director. Was that an easy one for you? It was because, um, well, I got to be a good manager of people. Maybe no, because like I feel like <laughs> still learning those lessons. But yeah. um, to, I mean, it was it, it was it's a pretty flat structure. So um, really, just doing the organizational things to make sure me and my buds got things done kind of is what it felt more like than anything. Got it. Very cool. So I want to rewind the times a little bit further. And I got to ask you about your childhood. And I want to know if you felt that you had a creative childhood that sort of steered you in this creative direction. So I don't, I I mean, I don't know how many like six year olds, if you asked them would say yes or no to that question. But (laughs) uh, looking back, I guess so. Like there's probably all the right ingredients for me to be where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of those key pieces were freedom. Like I had a long leash as a kid. My parents trusted me. We had a great relationship we lived way out in the country and, you know, like I just did whatever I wanted for a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved like Legos and stuff like that. And yeah, like classic, pretty, pretty good with the imagination. And went, I mean, I had some like art classes, but it was never like my main thing. Mm-hmm. They did a good job of saying like, all right, everybody's going to play a sport. Everybody's going to play an instrument. You pick and you stick with it and then do what you want the rest of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was never like a big focal point. It's not like, and you know, there are artistic people in my family, but it was never a big emphasis, I guess you could say. All right. Interesting. So each, you know, most kids have, would call themselves creative. You know, if you ask them at seven, eight, ten years old, yeah, know, sad they that have a little bit, right? Right. Something changes along the way. You know, some just become naturally more academic. Others, you know, stick with the creative path. So in your case, if you didn't have, you know, a dad as a graphic designer, what yeah. was the moment that you started steering in this career path? Um, so, I mean, I guess that kind of ties in with some of the other parts of the career mm-hmm. trajectory, if you will. Um, one is like just being in the right place at the right time, like opportunities opened up and I wanted to have fun doing my job and providing for my family, but also, um, you know, like opportunities came up. I said, cool, I'll try that. And I tried it and liked it and it went well. Got it. Is that too, is that too simple of an answer? No, no, not at all. It basically is like right place, right time. It just all kind of came together and showed you at that moment that, oh, you could make that a career. Sure. Yeah. Got it. Was that high school? Was that college? What, what's the timing of that? So um, graphic design kind of popped up on my radar in, um, in, in high school, I was actually teaching music. Well, no, that had to be like early college. I was teaching music lessons mm-hmm. at my local church. I was part-time on staff there and, you know, again, really wanted to play music for a living and play shows. And that's, that's kind of what I thought I wanted to do. Um, and I was making uh, or had printed out a flyer for kids to like sign up and pick dates and times on my schedule. And the senior designer at that organization who later became my boss Again, um, he picked it up. He's like, hey, you kind of have an eye for this. Like, are you interested in learning more about this? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe. And then basically spent my summer in a tiny little office with him reading Photoshop books and using like Photoshop CS2 CDs, like the old <laughs> old stuff, uh, which even at that time was kind of old. But um, yeah, just, just really kind of ravenously started going after it and every, the whole world felt like a puzzle. 
because you know you're you're measuring the distances between stuff and trying to figure out why these two fonts work together and that was uh endlessly fascinating to me mm-hmm. and uh just never put it down got it so that was the sort of the guy that said hey you you kind of got an eye for this what do you think yeah cool. and I, I owe a ton of it to him for you know giving me a lane to run down because i probably would not have spent my summer uh working through photoshop tutorials if if not for him yeah so was that something that you as you went deeper into it you just kind of fell in love with it you're like this is awesome or did you sort did you sort of feel like it wasn't when when did was it a fit when did you feel that that was a fit hmm i mean i wasn't i wasn't like jet set on it as a career necessarily but mm-hmm. I've got a pretty obsessive personality. And so like, I was just like ravenously consuming and like making stuff in my free time and, um, you know, really enjoyed it. I was like, wow, I could like get paid to do this. This is, this is (laughs) wonderful. Like this feels like cheating or something. So, um, I guess pretty like immediately it felt like a, something I was definitely interested in exploring more. There it is. That's that moment. That's that click. I like it. Um, Josh, what, has been the most influential design of your life so far something that you saw along your career somehow and it just stuck with you so i've I've read this one this is one of the questions where i thought i've got a i've got a real like blase answer and then the like tie it into the personal story thing which was going to be you know the flyer for the music lessons but in terms of like other people's work it's tough, man. Like everybody remembers their first like album they listened to and like started being aware that music was a thing you could choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't, I tried and I could not think of the first time I was out and saw an ad and was impacted by it or, um, things like that. But as soon as, again, as soon as I started paying attention, I was like, wow, there is something to do everywhere I go now because I can, you know, just, just try and take apart other people's designs and yeah. pull inspiration and, you know, really just demolish bad design anywhere I go and get cynical about things. Like, <laughs> no, so, I like, it, it, I like no what in you partic- were, nothing in particular, I guess. Yeah. I like what you were originally going to say though. What you touched on briefly is that flyer because that little flyer you created, not even thinking about, you know, design or I'm going to graphic design something, you know, that was the piece that really kicked it all off for you. Yep. So yeah, that makes like, sense. Have, that's pretty influential. Eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and I'm only going to use a little bit of ink and it needs to have some negative space, which I would not have known what to call it back then. So it's easy to read and mm-hmm. keep the first things first. And so, Got yeah, it. It, it probably was a really not amazing flyer, but it was enough <laughs> to get the, get my shoe in the door. Right. You still have it. Uh, doubt. I, I don't know. I saved some weird stuff, man. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you have to go dig it for it now. Yeah. Probably some old file somewhere. Perfect. Um, Josh, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow and what about them do you like? This, this was the question I dreaded as well, because there's a bunch of names. Like there's so many people that have either influenced me or currently kind of fanboy out over if I ran into him at a conference or something, but I'll just tell you the one I've been doing most recently is Paul Rand. Yep. He was one of the, uh, the pioneer dudes here in the United States and I've been, I try to like do a deep dive on these guys. So I've read like a couple of his books in a row um, recently to, to really just kind of immerse myself, go from zero to some knowledge of this guy. And um, 
like I love one of the things that I love about what he's done. I feel some sort of parallel here is like he's taken something that was already a thing over in Europe and like a design style and approach to advertising that was working really well over there. And he literally just like transplanted that over in the United States. Granted, he's a massively talented, like amazing dude. Mm -hmm. But the kind of the, if you were to break down his story in a really simple theme, at least as I understand it, like he took this thing working over here, brought it to a new audience, added his own flavor to it by just naturally touching it. And then he was like a genius and a pioneer in the industry. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. there you go. That's a, that's a way to do it. But Definitely. What a cool approach. And I like that name. It's mentioned a few times on the show before. Yeah. Um, Dosh, I want to get into a little bit about print and packaging here. Um, I'm a huge fan of print and uh, you know packaging design, things like that. And I want to hear how you have utilized print in your design career or any stories that you have around print or packaging. Sure, yeah. So I am a little bit of like the nerd at the designer party. Like I love and appreciate um, packaging and, you know, somebody hands you a, a letterpress business card and you get excited. Like oh, I yeah. feel, I feel all of those things, mm -hmm. but I don't do them as often. I'm, I'm I've kind of had a history in being in digital. And so a lot of the work that I've done is around that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do enjoy I, I, kind of a, a Zen thing that I've really enjoyed doing bright cold stuff is uh, I made it a point early. On. I don't know what it made me think of it, but I was going to write hand like write out thank you cards by hand to every new person that I had a phone call with, whether mm -hmm. it was like a networking type thing, like another person in the industry or, you know, a student pastor that I'd met for the first time. We had kind of an intro phone call, um, whether they worked with me or not. Like I wanted to send them some stickers and little postcards and a, and a postcard in the mail. Um, and I did them in the style of the, you know, wish you were here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, greetings from Florida or whatever, um, old style postcard deal. And I just send them one of those with a little message on the back and send them some stickers and a, one of my business cards and, um, you know, just give them a physical reminder like, Hey, this happened and thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a great way to stand out then. Yeah, absolutely. Cause these guys are getting, that's another thing is like in, in that world, like there's so much bad design and student ministry in particular is like the runt at the table and gets the least <laughs> resources and attention in that yeah. world, which is crazy because like high schoolers and in and, and young college and middle schoolers, like they're some of the most visual people to approach out there and like everything else in their you know, Instagram, Snapchat feed is like really killer stuff, except for, you know, school, church, mom and dad, their friends. And I was like, that sucks. Like, I want to, I want to try and fix that. And so mm. same thing with student pastors, like most of the things they are served is like, you know, half baked and like, okay ish. And I was like, this is, this is such an easy fix. Like I want to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, you found a little niche there. I like that. that yeah, man. So because you were involved in those areas before, that's where you started to see that opportunity? So the first time I thought about it as an actual like viable business model was I, you know, like most people, I take freelance jobs on the side mm -hmm. and um, had kind of just taken whatever came and, and, and just oddball things here and there. And one of those that came along was um, a student pastor that I was actually going to church with. And he said, Hey man, we've got an in-house guy. He's great. But you know, we got six months of, of jobs like built out for him and like have all the requirements he needs, but 
but it seems like stuff can never get done and never get to us. And like, it's just totally a bandwidth thing. Could we outsource this stuff to you? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Like, let's, let's try it out. And then fast forward the clock, like a year later, like they were my favorite client. And I was realizing that this was not an isolated event and that it was, or I kind of had a theory that this was not isolated and that, um, you know, other people were experiencing the same or similar pain points. And mm-hmm. maybe there's something here because I have a blast doing this work. I get it in a way that, you know, maybe some other creative folks who may be more talented, but they, they've got less context and uh, less, less in tune with the needs. Definitely. Nice find. Um, so Josh, the next few questions I have for you, take you down the part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out. Deal. Deal. So let's start right at the top. What has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? So I feel like there are like most, most creative folks have like peaks and valleys and, Mm -hmm. you know, like terrible projects that went off the rails. Um, and I, 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 my wife gets to me on to me all the time for my, my memory is like, I've got like this, this goldfish, like what happened very recently approach to, to life. And one of the things that happened recently was uh, deciding on which lane to pick for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of torn a couple of different directions because a lot of people were saying like, Hey dude, like student ministries have zero budget. How are you going to make a, a job out of that? And so I was looking at some other things and, um, like in retrospect, it seems like a no brainer, but at the time, like I wrestled with that for a while and, um, you know, figuring out the name for it and the logo for it, like, oh, and it, it's like the most like on the nose logo ever. Like it barely, like it was nothing. And like, <laughs> like I just, I was just like wrapped up in this whole, like, how do you design for yourself process and make decisions that impact everything? Like, oh dude. That, that took like three or four months, honestly, to to name it and go from like like mile zero of I think I have a concept to I have a website up that I'm proud of was mm-hmm. like a process. Yeah, no kidding. So what was the what was the what weighed into that decision to go the direction you did? You touch on a couple of those points. Yeah. So I had narrowed it down to, um, you know, through a couple of parameters like stuff that I knew a lot of people in or industries I knew a lot about and things that I felt like were achievable and um, like just felt like a natural kind of shoe in. And like if I started and got intentional, I could probably go down that road and, and kind of the fork in the road was entrepreneurs um, and, and churches and student ministries and like a, at that time, I was like, man, I definitely could make more money with the entrepreneurs. And it seems like a much more viable business model. And you could like start doing value-based pricing over time. And you could, you know, offer to have uh, a part of the business as in, in exchange for part of the payment. And you could over time have like these really complicated tax returns where you're getting <laughs> all these uh, forms back from 30 businesses. But I said, at the end of the day, though, like take all the money away. Which one is more fun? Like, which one would I do if I could do it for free? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that that's so easy. Like, this one would be a blast and I would love it and feel like I'm doing something that I care about, fixing a problem that I care about in the world. And like, at, that was when I, I made the call there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. So it was between sort of the church and the ministry route or entrepreneurs. 
Yeah, and like startups and, and people that have have an idea and maybe some money and have no way to communicate that to the mm. world. And who knows, I may turn that one over at some other point. But right now, I am I'm, I'm eyeballs deep in this other stuff and loving it. Good. Well, that's good to hear, man. So I want to get a little bit more specific. Um, can you take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? And I love yeah. how before I even finish the question, you are <laughs> grinning ear to ear. So okay. You better have something good here, Josh. Right. So uh, let's let's first have the huge caveat that I have failed as much or more than everybody else listening to the podcast. I've had plenty of projects where client gave a brief thing happened and me and my team or whatever combination failed. Client was unhappy. Mm-hmm. That's not the story that I'm going to tell, though. So just know that those have happened. I learned lessons. From <laughs> There's those. been many of those. And now this one was um and I don't even want to say it's like the most unpleasant client experience I've ever had because it wasn't that either. It was mostly just bizarre. So I built a a web website. It was one of my first projects mm-hmm. uh, with this company. It's for a local TV station. Okay. And they – with WordPress sites, one of the things we would offer is like client training. And so at the end of the project, you'd go over to the client's office or they'd come to you and you'd walk them through here. How does WordPress work? And this is like 2010 era where, you know, not everyone had built a website already and it mm-hmm. wasn't common knowledge. It was kind of a technical, very dry, like walkthrough deal. Tried to make it spicy and fun, but mm-hmm. you know, you know how, how exciting training can be. So I show up at this place. It's a, it's a low budget, tiny TV station. It's actually a Christian TV station. Um, which will remain unnamed just in case by some wild turn of events they have uh, <laughs> tuned into the podcast. <laughs> no, definitely anyway, keep names out of it. All good. So, so I walk into this place, and this is my first client meeting ever. Like I was wet behind the ears, and like I'm going in alone to do training with this team of people. Okay, so, so just get to in, frame this real quick here, this is with Bright Coal, or is this your day job as well? No, this was with, with the day job. Okay. Like this was okay. or Bright Coal was a twinkle in my father's eye, or okay. my eye, or however that would work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so I'm walking in, and first of all, I've never been in a TV studio before, and it's crazy with all these sets, and it looks like something – out of a horror movie slash like you're just climbing over stuff. There's stuff everywhere and Thanks. everything's like poorly lit. And so like I get back there to the meeting place, finally find a, a human that works at this place. So yeah, come on back. Everybody's already in here. So we go to this huge conference table. Everybody's sitting here and it's like this matriarchal deal where there's like the mom and then her daughter and then like some other people. And like, there's a bunch at the table, a ton of like history and drama there. And I'm like, cool. It's like a, this is a party here. So I start walking through <laughs> WordPress stuff. Well, I'm like 10 minutes into showing them like the kind of the, the base level stuff. And I hear this faint snoring in the background. No. And I look over and mother, like the queen of all the, the, the TV station is at the head of the table with her head leaned back. And she's just sawing some logs, she's buddy. Out like cold. she, she was not feeling this WordPress training. And she <laughs> said like, peace y'all. I'll, I'm talking a little bit and uh, man, so that's like my first, that was my first client meeting ever. And I've got to say they've, they have gone uphill since then. 
Definitely. Okay, but how did this, like, what was the reaction in the moment? Was like, there other people there who were like, hey, hey, wake up? Like, like how, yeah, what so, happened? So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's where it got odd is it wasn't a normal, like, boss-employee relationship deal. Instead, it was embarrassed daughter waking up mom, and then they had, like, internal family spat a little bit in front of me while I'm just, like, <laughs> like – 19-year-old Josh trying to like, <laughs> conduct this meeting that I kind of know the material for. Nice. It was while I, like, I kept on trucking. I was like, I don't care if all of them fall asleep. Like, I'm finishing this and leaving. But, uh, yeah, man, it happened. Jeez, that's a good one. So, okay. I, I, I could, like, learn from that experience, but it was certainly a colorful one that I love to throw at interns and stuff and, like, hey, yeah. this trial by fire, baby. This is how we do it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. First intern meeting that they get to conduct. You can just sit at the back and just start. (laughs) Just see what their reaction is. (laughs) Think on your feet. What happens if? Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. What is something you are struggling with in your design career right now? Um, It is a problem that I've unfortunately or never experienced before, but I'm running into where I've got a full load of projects that I care about and like clients that have been hard brought and like, I'm excited to do the work. It's a good fit. Everything makes sense. Like pays good, blah, blah, blah. And not letting that fear, like gnaw at the back of you, like, Hey, you better deliver for all these people or else they're going to go away. And this opportunity is going to go away. And then if you let that go too crazy, I mean, it gets your, your family life and your time balance stuff out of whack and your, the thing that you used to love and like was a good thing in your life starts running the show and Mm -hmm. driving you. It's an unhealthy spiral. So I think like having a good thing and like being healthy about it still is one, like some modicum of like taste of success. And like already it's like, Oh God, don't ever leave, you know? And uh, trying to balance that and like, crush it for every project because you know you go through seasons of of your career at least i have where it's like cool i'm working on one cool thing that i care about and then 15 things that i kind of just shipping it on um so i'm trying to operate in this new world of actually caring about all of the work mm-hmm. um be a sad thing to say but um so yeah just kind of trying to figure out what life looks like in that new world order for sure no, that's a that's a good one for sure um, all right now, Josh, I'm going to turn the bus around and I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Okay. Um, so that's another easy one and it is more recent as well. I don't know if there is a <laughs> better project that happened back in the day, but it's the one I can remember most recently. Um, and it was for, so I had a buddy of mine who, um, he and I have been close for, for a little bit and, he was planting a church up in Colorado mm-hmm. and uh, he looked, he gave me the nod for helping him with the brand efforts for his new ministry. And like, I knew that this was a big deal for his family and this was his baby in the utmost sense and um, didn't represent just like a, a financial risk or like a, you know, personal risk, but like this was like everything in his world revolved around this situation. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he trusted me with that. And so I, you know, took, took a lot of weight and responsibility with it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I got to crush it. I got to crush it. And, um, 
sat down with him and his crew on a video call and showed them the final design. And, and, you know, they hadn't seen anything. I believe in, you know, showing your best work and don't Mm -hmm. show options. Yeah. And so, you know, there's always that, that precarious edge of a knife, like nervous thing when you're actually given the pitch, (laughs) you're like, I've got one idea to show you. I hope you like it. Yeah. And much more so with this guy. So, uh, we're walking through the thing and I'm building the case and like explaining why X, Y, and Z was thought through. And then we get to the reveal and um, like, there's just like utter silence and like him and his family, his whole crew, they're like tearing up and like crying. And I was like, yes, oh, nailed it. Yes. And wait, yeah. where was there a moment there where you're like, okay, are they really happy? Are they really dissatisfied? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this this he does he didn't stri- never struck me as the sort of person that would cry in displeasure. So okay. I think <laughs> I think I think it, I assumed it was the other. But it just seeing like it feels good to like have a skill and be able to leverage that to get somebody else's thing accomplished. Like that felt so good. Yeah. And like knowing that they were gonna like have one more thing to be proud of, and that felt solid in this situation that had so much risk and craziness involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and just yet, yeah, like honored to be a part and wanted to deliver for if no other reason than that. That's awesome. Yeah, love that when you can win and bring them to tears. Yeah. Um, Josh, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just couldn't live without? This is another one where there's a list of 200 things, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you one because I haven't heard anybody else say it, and it's made the biggest recent impact for me. It's called Calendly. Oh, yeah. Unfortunate name, but it is super useful. Are you familiar with it? I am familiar with it. Yep. Yeah, dude. Big fan of that. Like, I got to where I was spending so much time trying to figure out. trying to figure out like time zones with people Mm -hmm. and scheduling calls. I was like, I could cut down these four emails if I just send them a link to my calendar and all the contact infos there and time zones are for sure. Right. Cause I was sick of missing calls from, from time zones, Mm -hmm. but Oh man, I love it. Yeah. No kidding. I have looked into Calendly and I hope to use that for the podcast just because it would be easier. And I do have a lot of back and forth with my guests, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn because I kind of like that you establish a little bit more of a relationship with the back and forth. Um, Mm. but at some point just, there's going to be a need for efficiency and it's going to have to, it's going to have to look something like that. So definitely familiar with it. And you're right. Yeah. That's the first time it's come up. Nice one. Thanks man. Josh, you made it to the ask it forward question, my friend. That is where I've got a question for you from my last guest and you get to ask a question of my next guest, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. Okay. So, my last guest was Mr. Dave Clayton. He is a training manager for Astute Graphics, which have some wicked tools for, uh, I believe, yeah. Illustrator, InDesign, those sort of programs so in the Adobe suite. He is like involved with so much, a super talented guy. He's an instructor of all kinds of different things and a speaker and author. Yeah, super cool guy, Dave Clayton. So he wanted to ask you, if you could travel back in time and claim credit for any design, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. I mean, you got to go with one of the, one of the big ones like Nike, right? Yeah, you could. That came up like when, if, I, when if, I asked him. If you're the Nike guy, then like that's, that's, it's game over. Oh no. I was actually talking with somebody about this today. I've got a different answer. Okay. It is the whole, uh, 
brand arsenal for the Harry Potter series. Oh, nice one. The Mina Lima crew did that. And like I was talking, like I was talking to a buddy and said, it is a bizarre situation. Unlike anything else I've ever seen or heard of. And I don't even know if it's reproducible where you have one design look like you do for a movie and you have an eternal client list from there. Not because you got notoriety, but because existing Harry Potter fans that are now 25 or whatever are buying anything with your patterns and stuff printed on it. Mm-hmm. And you can keep making different tweaks on the seals and the badges and the house stuff. And, and not only is WB going to be your client into perpetuity, but like, like you could have other jobs too, but you basically have one client forever and you're just made at that point. You can turn away and do whatever kind of business you want. Yeah. Such a good one. Nice one. That's less famous, but much more fruitful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Josh, what is your ask it forward question? Um, okay, so hopping onto an airplane and turns out you are seated right next to your dream client on a six-hour flight. Okay. How do you break the ice? How do you break the ice? I love it. <laughs> You're going to talk to them, but how do you start that conversation? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like, you know, you meet this girl in your bar, the dream, your, your wife, you know, your future wife. How do you break <laughs> the ice? How do you get in there? So yeah, I love it. I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. Josh, you've made it to the end of the podcast, man. Thank you so much for your time being on a guest on the show today. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. And what a great answer. I told you, the Harry Potter series. If you were the agency or designer behind the whole Harry Potter brand package of everything, that's like you're set. Well done. Thanks again for listening, guys. I will be back on Monday with another great interview. Talk to you soon. Bye.